Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast. In today's episode, Pastor George preaches a sermon about internalizing the words of Jesus. This message was first preached on October 10th, 2021 at the Lingolstown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. But uh, I want you to, to start this morning by thinking about this. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. You can follow Jesus or you can remain where you are. You can follow or you can remain where you are. Now, we're reflecting on that, uh, that key verse for this series, which comes to us from Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19 and 20. But those words from Jesus are what we are focusing on. Come, follow me. It is an invitation from Jesus, first of all, to his disciples uh, back when he was walking here on the earth, but it is the same word he offers to us today, and it's the same invitation, come follow me. Now, when we, when we read this story in Matthew chapter 4, Peter and Andrew choose to follow. They drop everything they have no idea what they're signing up for. I, I don't think they had a clue. All they knew was that they wanted to join the journey of walking daily with Jesus. They didn't have all the answers as to where they were going. All they knew was that Jesus thought enough of them to believe that they could do what he was doing. And so they followed. They heard the invitation and they followed. It became a life-altering, life-changing decision to follow Jesus, to become his disciple, to walk with him daily. Now, one of the things that I love about the scriptures and, and just reaffirms to me the fact that these words are true, it's not just some story that's made up, because if you were going to make up a story, you would make sure that everything in the story came out right, you know, shows all these people who make the right choice. I don't know, if you've read this book, you know that there's a lot of people, stories in here, who don't make the right choice. One of those happens to be in Luke chapter 18, where this wealthy young man comes to Jesus. He has, he has accumulated great wealth by all the outward measures. He's doing it all right. His identity is wrapped up in the fact that, that he's got money and he is able to say that he can keep all the commandments. But he comes to Jesus with a deeper question. And I think the reason he comes to Jesus with the deeper question is because all of these outward things have not given him what he needs to fill this emptiness that is inside of him. And so he comes to Jesus, they engage in this conversation, and at the end, Jesus simply asks him, come follow me. Oh yeah, he, he, 
it wasn't just come follow me, it was sell everything and come follow me. And I just wonder how long that pause was. I wonder how long that, that rich young man thought about the fact that outwardly everything in his life was up and to the right. And Jesus' invitation was, lay aside all of those outward trappings and choose to follow me. If you know the story from Luke 18, you know that the young man makes a choice not to follow Jesus. And so that's where we are this morning. We have a choice to make. Are we going to follow or are we going to remain where we are? Now, the thing about accepting Jesus' choice or the invitation to, to follow him doesn't mean that we have following all figured out. As a matter of fact, I would, I would suggest to you that most of us prefer to lead. But even leaders don't know where they're going. They just happen to be the people that maybe have certain skills that we've said, maybe you can figure out where we're going, and we'd like to follow you. But as someone who's leading in this liminal time that we're living in, thanks for following, but I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I don't know some days where we're going. And, and so you don't have to have it all figured out necessarily to follow. To, to be a disciple, to follow someone means that you are learning. And therefore, the reason you begin to follow someone is because you, you want to learn. You want to learn what they know. You want to do what they do. And so, you just have to choose to follow. And as you're learning, as you're following, I, I want to remind you of this. You're going to have doubts. I know there are a lot of people that have doubts about me as a leader. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I don't always know where we're going. I don't think you'll find too many leaders today who do know where they're going. But we, we, we have doubts. Uh, there's, there's a passage in John's Gospel, in John chapter 6, where, where Jesus shares some really hard th stories and some really hard things that if you want to follow me, this is going to be hard. And, and John writes there in John chapter 6 about the fact that people started to walk away from Jesus. They had been following him, but now they were walking away because this was too hard. Now, I want to assure you of something, and that is that there's nothing wrong with having doubts and questions because that's part of the learning process. You see, education isn't about just being able to spout back answers, but it's being able to process your questions and your doubts because that's where real learning happens. And we're living in a day and age where people don't think critically, and that's a challenge for this world in which we're living in right now. People just assume, well, if somebody said that, I have to believe that. <laughs> 
See, part of following Jesus is that we struggle because the things that Jesus invites us to do, the, the things that Jesus challenges us to do in our lives and in our world are going to make us question. Question ourselves, question Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with that. Another thing about being a disciple of Jesus is that there are going to be times when you're going to wander away. There are going to be times that, that you hear other voices and you're going to be distracted from following Jesus. There will be times when you get so far removed from Jesus that you are going to lose sight of him and you are going to wander off on some other path. And that's part of learning to follow. And the thing is that sometimes it's not necessarily other voices. It might be your own selfish voice that draws you away from walking daily with Jesus. Now, you might be wondering why I'm sharing all that up front here, but I want you to understand that following Jesus is not a once-and-done decision. It is not a once-and-done choice. It is a daily decision that you have to make every day. And it's not just a decision that you make once a day, it's a decision that you make repeatedly throughout your day. Because ultimately, the answer to the call from Jesus is going to challenge you day in and day out, multiple times each day, to make a choice about how you are going to act and respond to any given situation. So at home, with your spouse, at work, driving in the car, oh, making financial decisions, it all, becomes, it all becomes a decision point for whether or not you are choosing to walk daily with Jesus. So how do we walk daily with Jesus? Well, last week we, we shared three principles that we're going to continue to unpack throughout this series. They are these three simple things. A disciple of Jesus internalizes the words of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus imitates the ways of Jesus. And a disciple of Jesus partners in the work of Jesus. Now, say those with me this morning. Those of you at home, join along. A disciple of Jesus internalizes the words of Jesus, imitates the ways of Jesus, and partners in the work of Jesus. Now, we're going to really focus in on the first part of internalizing the words of Jesus today. Uh, this past Wednesday, the, the verse of the day on the Bible app was Colossians 3.16. And as I heard it, I thought to myself, this is exactly what we're trying to get across this week. And the first part of the verse from the Passion Translation says this, Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Let the word of Christ live in you. That word in the Greek, live, literally means to take up residence. 
And, and I love the way the, the commentator that, that, that morning's devotional said about that passage. She made the observation. She said, it's sort of like, it's sort of like you move into a new house and you hang artwork on the walls and you turn on music that begins to reverberate off the walls. And that's what it means when we say that we need to let the word of Christ live in us richly. Because, you see, when, when the words are hung on, the heart, on our hearts, when the words reverberate over and over again in our head, as we then walk through the day, these words... These words that have literally taken up residence in it, what does it say? They begin to flood us with what? With wisdom. These words flood us with wisdom, the kind of wisdom that we need to be able to imitate the ways of Jesus and to partner in the work of Jesus. But again, the challenge, the challenge is that there are so many voices who are attempting to disciple us on a daily basis. And that's why we can't allow the words of Jesus to get drowned out among all of these competing voices. So what we need to do is we need to internalize the words of Jesus. That means that we need to take the time to read and study and meditate on the words of of Jesus. There's a favorite quote I have from Wayne Cordero, who's a pastor in Hawaii. Now, that's a nice gig if you can be a pastor in Hawaii. But uh, Wayne wrote, wrote a book uh, called The Divine Mentor, and it was all about his struggle, his struggle to internalize these words of Jesus. And in a moment of introspection in that book, Wayne said this, okay? He says, my problem wasn't a lack of resources. My problem was that I was expecting others to spoon feed me. Now, I was hoping that I could find a picture of a full-grown adult sitting in a high chair being fed. But I think you can try and create that image in your head because that's exactly what he's talking about isn't it we 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 may grow up and we may we may physically mature but we are still babes in a height chair waiting for somebody to spoon feed us and that my friends is what's called shallow discipleship when we rely upon someone else to do what we need to do personally. Now, here's the, here's the biggest struggle that we have with internalizing the words of Jesus. We are content to let someone spoon-feed us. Now, first of all, let me ask you this. How many of you could live the rest of the week if the only meal you had this morning was breakfast? And you weren't going to eat again until next Sunday morning. My guess is by the end of the week, a lot of you would be sick. A lot of you would be, would be going to the hospital because your body would be dying because you didn't have any food. 
Well, the same thing happens to us when we are spoon-fed on a Sunday morning and we don't interact with the Word of God the rest of the week. And listen, I enjoy standing up here preaching, but if I'm going to get in the way because you think that the only thing you need is to come here and let me spoon-feed you on a Sunday morning, I'm going to get out of the way. Because you need to do this yourself. There's a story in the book of Acts about the early church in, in, in the little town of Berea. Uh, stories in Acts chapter 17, and, and we get a glimpse there of, of the character of these disciples of Jesus in Berea. And, and look at this word from Acts chapter 17, verse 11. This is from the, the Passion Translation. Uh, listen to these words. They were hungry. They were hungry to learn, and they eagerly received the word. Every day they opened the scrolls of Scripture to search and examine them to verify that what Paul taught them was true. Folks, the very first thing we need to hear this morning is that we need to be hungry for the word of God. We need to wake up, not with just a physical hunger in our bellies, we need to wake up with a hunger in our hearts for the Word of God, and then we need to eagerly get into to receive what God has to say for us that day. Do you have that hunger? Do you have that eagerness to know what it is that God wants to say to you for that day? Then I love this. It says, every day, what? Every day, look at the next word, what is it? They. You see, it wasn't just every day each individual opened up our daily bread and read it to themselves and closed it and put it away. No, it says, they. That is, they all got together and talked about what they were learning, what they were searching out, what they were examining. Now, here's another thing you got to understand. If they were opening the scrolls, let me tell you, if you had a scroll back then, first of all, you were fortunate that you had a scroll. Second of all, scrolls were big. Okay, and they were, they were papyrus that was all wrapped up on these scrolls. And there were no verse numbers. There was nothing like that. And so when they had to find a passage, they had to do a lot of this, you know, a lot of, a lot of rolling and unrolling, trying to find the particular passage that they were looking for. We got it so easy. We got these nice leather-bound Bibles, even better than that, how many of you carry one of these things with you all day? You've got the Word of God right here. Now, actually, that's a picture of me right now, but anyway, that's because I'm watching the service. 
Now listen, it's not that listening to me on a Sunday morning isn't a good thing. But how many of you go home at the end of the day, take out that sermon outline and say, well, did the pastor really mean what he said here? Is that really what the scripture says? I keep telling you, one of these days, I'm going to say something that's not right. And whoever figures it out, I'll reward you. But Now, here's the, here's the wonderful thing. You and I have the Word of God with us day in and day out, accessible at our fingertips. But how much time do we spend in it? And how much time do we allow it to spend in us? I'm going to give you an exercise this morning. Uh, it's called Lectio Divina. It started back in the 6th century with a, a monk named Benedict. And if you're at all familiar with the Benedictine order, you know that it's still something that's practiced there, but not only there, but practiced across the length and the breadth of the church today. Lectio Divina is simply Latin for sacred reading. Okay, just to put it very simply, it just simply means slowing down to read the text and then letting the text read you. That's the really hard part letting the text read you. Now, as I say, this is a part of what's called the, the, the practices of the Benedictine order, and, and they have a motto in their order. It's called pray and work. That's their motto, pray and work. And it's very simple. They have this motto, pray and work, because that's what they did. During the quiet times of their day, they would they would dive into and unpack the words of Scripture in those quiet moments so that when they got busy in their day of work, they could draw on what they had internalized. I think that's a good reminder for us today. So there's four steps. There's four steps to Lectio Divina. Uh, if you have the Bible app, the reading plan that's linked with our our, uh, our sermon outline today is the the reading plan intro to the Lectio Divina. Okay, you can find it on the Bible app. It's really easy. Uh, but anyway, I want you to think about it this way. I want you to think about it like eating a really good meal. Okay. So I like the steak I cut into last night. I, I cut into it, and I took a bite, and I just mm, savored it. It was so good. The juices, the flavoring, and, and then, you, then you swallow it. And then you just sort of let it digest, and then you cut another piece, and you go through the same process. Am I making you hungry yet? Well, this is basically the way the Lectio Divina works. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to read the, the passage of Scripture four times. And the reason you read it four times is because you need to, to savor it. You need to let it sink in. You need to let it speak to you. Now, there's four parts to Lectio Divina. Uh, and we're just going to give you these four R's for, for today, but there's lots of different ways to think about it. Number one is to read. Number two is to reflect. Number three is to respond. And number four is to rest. 
Now, basically, the way Lectio Divina works is that you're going to read the Scripture, you're going to give it some time to marinate, then you're going to read it again, and you're going to think about what it is God's saying to you, then you're going to read it again and, and say, what is God inviting me into, and then read it again just to sort of let it sink in. Now, if we did that this morning, we, we would just use this verse from Colossians 3.16 all over again. And, and let's just sort of take a little time to practice this. The best thing to do when you start this is to read the verse out loud. So I want to invite you to, uh, to read with me the words from Colossians 3.16. There they are. Let's read these words. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another. So what jumps out at you? That's, that's the first thing. What jumps out at you? As you read those words, what jumps out at you? Then you just want to go back after a few moments and, and read it again. And so I want to encourage you right now, just take a moment, read the verse again, and this time, what, what's God saying to you in these words? Go ahead, read it to yourself. Okay, read it again. This time, this time, what's the step that God is inviting you to take? And so we read it again. And then we read it the fourth time and we read it just to let it sink in. Read it slowly. Let it sink in. Let the words just just sit with you for a while. Now, you, you, you don't want to rush this. You, you want to just take some time, and, and you don't have to start off with like five minutes or something. You can start off with a moment. And don't start off with like ten verses. Just start off with one, maybe even a phrase. And as we begin to do that, some of you are sitting there thinking, this is hard work. Yeah, it is. Following Jesus isn't easy. Now, let me tell you one, one other thing that I, I started doing this week. I, I set a timer on my phone for 3.16 in the afternoon. Uh, I don't want to do it at 3.16 in the morning. So I set it for 3.16 in the afternoon. And, and on the alarm on my phone, I put in this verse, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. And I put that on my phone, so when the timer goes off, the words of that scripture pop up on my phone, and I am startled when it goes off, and I have to stop and read it. Now, maybe you want to set your alarm for a couple times throughout the day, just to sort of wake you up and to remind you to let the word of Christ live in you richly. It, this isn't an easy thing, folks. Making the choice daily to follow Jesus isn't easy. 
but you will find that it's rewarding. You'll find it especially rewarding when you find yourself in one of those moments when suddenly the Word of God comes back to you to give you the wisdom that you need so that you can imitate the ways of Jesus and partner in the work of Jesus. See, being a disciple of Jesus begins by responding to the invitation, come, follow. It's a choice you make, and it's not going to be a choice that you make knowing all the answers. But when you follow Jesus, it will make your life better, and it will make you better at life. Walking with Jesus daily means that we need to internalize these words. And the best way to understand that is that it's going to be unique to each of us how we do this. But the key is that we need to decorate the walls and fill our minds with the sounds of Jesus' words so that they are lived, so that they are internalized. And as you do that, you're going to, to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're going to mature in that relationship. Oh yeah, there are days that you are going to take leaps and bounds forward, <clears throat> and there are going to be days, there are going to be days when you take steps back, <laughs> because it's a choice. And some days the choices, they come easy, and some days the choices are hard. But as you begin to integrate walking with Jesus into your daily life, Jesus isn't going to only be number one on the list of priorities, but Jesus is going to be central to every priority in your life. And as you integrate Jesus into every area of your life, where you live, where you work, where you play, you, <coughs> you will want to have internalized Jesus' words so that they can flood you with all the wisdom that you need to imitate the ways of Jesus and so that you can partner in the work of Jesus. I will guarantee you this. If you choose to follow Jesus, there is a great adventure that awaits you. There is a great adventure that awaits you. I can't guarantee you what that adventure will be comprised of, I can guarantee you it'll be a great adventure. Join me in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we hear these words today, as, as Jesus, you allow your words to, to be internalized, to be integrated into every part, every nook and cranny of our life. Lord, we thank you for words that can transform us. And my prayer today is, Lord, that we will, will wake up each and every day with a hunger that drives us to open your word, to, to feast on it each day, to allow it to become so integrated into every aspect of our life that the choices that we make each day will reflect your words that we have hidden in our heart. And so, Lord, today we choose, we choose to follow you. Lead us on this great adventure, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others. Thank you.